0: and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at the OncoPT.com framework. Again, that's the OncoPT.com framework. Hey everybody, it's June, which means that the July 1st deadline for the ABPTS Oncology Specialist Exam is just around the corner. Don't forget, you have to submit your application, your hours, and your case report all in time for that July 1st deadline. If you're still struggling with your case report, stop. There's no need to anymore because our case report crash course is designed to take you from a blank page to a completed case report so that you can submit it and get back to studying, which is the really, really important part of this exam. Link to sign up is in today's show notes and we'll see you in the case report crash course. Welcome to the Onco PT podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host, Elise Decker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. Today, we are going over part three of our three part arc all about dosing exercise safely for our patients who have cancer. And what we're talking about today is about the very specific special intricacies when it comes to dosing exercise for patients who have metastases. And so first off, let's get something out of the way right now. It is safe for patients who have metastatic cancer to exercise. Just let that sink in a little bit. It is safe for patients with metastatic cancer to exercise when prescribed appropriately, correctly, safely. And we need to know how to do that. When I first started practicing, I actually had very, very few patients with metastatic cancer. Now, why that was, I don't know. I noticed in my practice that I kind of have waves or ebbs and flows of where I have patients who are really young and, you know, maybe have a less aggressive cancer, but then I also go through phases where I have patients who have more aggressive cancer, you know, more advanced cancers. And so I started off in one of those young, not even, not even that young, but just generally, you know, early stage cancer, you know, my patients were cured or in remission, And it wasn't for a few months, actually, until I really got into a, I have a lot of patients with metastases, how do I, what do I do? And even in my clinical rotation, I saw very few patients who had metastatic cancer, which now I think looking back is very strange. And I think it was, again, just one of those ebbs and flows. So it took me a while, honestly, of struggling through what to do with these patients who have metastases and lots of research before i finally kind of found my found my you know my footing so uh, the most important thing that we need to do when we're working with patients who have cancer period we have to be safe and the same goes for when we're working with patients who have metastatic cancer depending on you know what kind of cancer you know what the specific characteristics of the this person's cancer you know, are, what kind of treatment we're working with. There's a lot of factors at play when it comes to metastatic cancer, but we still have a really important role that we can play when it comes to serving these patients and we can do a lot of really good things. So again, when I first started, I thought metastatic cancer was all gloom and doom. It's obviously not a good thing to have, you know, at this point patient has likely stage four cancer. It's very advanced, you know, varying degrees of, you know, what that means as far as, is this a terminal diagnosis? You know, do we have a timeline we're working with? Sometimes patients have very stable metastases for many years, and they do just fine. And you wouldn't know any otherwise. Some patients, it's very apparent. You know, there's a lot of disease burden, um, lots of tumor burden that's really affecting the patient's ability to function but there's a really wide spectrum that we see when it comes to metastatic cancer. So how in general are we safe when working with these patients? So the first question you need to ask yourself is, where are these metastases? And it is crucial that you don't just say, oh, it's in the hip, it's in the shoulder, nowhere. You must know exactly where the metastasis or the metastases are. So when it comes to this, this means possibly more than likely you're going to need to do a deep dive, maybe not so deep, but you're going to need to dive into that patient's chart. I would go into the different imaging because it's really important, again, we find out exactly where that metastasis is because that affects some things later on down the road we'll talk about shortly. So where in the hip is this metastasis? Where in the shoulder is the, et cetera, et cetera, right? Not just where, you know, the one metastasis is, but if a person has multiple, again, we need to know exactly where those are so that we can then dose appropriately. And again, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But just take this example. <laughs> take this patient for example. I had a patient who had, I can't remember what kind of cancer he had now, um, but he had a metastasis in his shoulder. And we wanted to work on lower extremity strengthening. And one of the things that he really wanted to do was he actually wanted to bounce. He had a little mini trampoline. And there is a big difference between a shoulder metastasis, you know, a shoulder metastasis and a hip metastasis, and deciding if the person can, you know, hold on. And bounce, which would be okay, versus, you know, again, so we're talking okay to bounce with a metastasis in the shoulder, but not okay to bounce on the trampoline with a metastasis in the hip. So in general, grossly, need to know where that metastasis is, but we also need to know where are, you know, where within the joint are we talking here? Where are all of the metastases, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, patients maybe don't know the whole story. Maybe they've forgotten some of where their cancer is, but that doesn't mean that we as the skilled PT, shouldn't know exactly where those metastases are. Because again, we are the ones who are dosing, who are prescribing that physical activity, that exercise, whatever it is that we're doing with that patient. And we need to make sure that we're safe. The last thing that this person needs is an injury or another complication as a result of their cancer. For example, a fracture. Not good. So we need to know where these metastases are. Are they affecting the bone? Are they affecting soft tissue? Are we talking in the brain? Is there another organ that's being affected by the metastasis? Again, it's not good enough to know the shoulder. We need to know, okay, is it in the humerus? Is it in the soft tissue? What are we working with here? So once you figure out where the metastasis is, so at this point, I am operating under the assumption that the patient has been diagnosed with the metastasis. You are not the one who has found it. Or if you did, you know, say, hmm, something's not right here. We need to get you back You have referred the patient to the medical team who have now established, yes, there is a metastasis. So that aside, now it's time to determine what is the status of the metastasis or the metastases in this patient. So we need any METs to always be evaluated by the medical team before beginning a cancer rehab program we also need any metastases to be evaluated by the medical team before continuing an exercise program so let me let me give you an example here i had a patient who i had seen previously and we were working together we saw good progress and then she we discontinued her care because of a few different factors then she came back and she was we already knew The first time I saw her that she had metastatic breast cancer. And so when she came back in to see me again, we knew, okay, it's metastatic breast cancer. She had had scans a few months ago, but it had been long enough in her disease progression that it was time for more. And so she came to me and she really wasn't doing good. And clinically, she just didn't make sense. Um, She had this back pain radiating down into her butt and her leg that wasn't you know, reproduced by any specific tests, any specific positions I did. It was just pain all the time, basically, and nothing we could do, excuse me, would make it better for her, which was a real bummer. And so we couldn't figure it out. I referred her back to the radiation oncologist who had referred her in the first place. And turns out she had new metastases that were in her um, vertebra causing collapse on her spinal cord, which was causing all of the symptoms. That was really unfortunate. Um, and so for her, she had very unstable lesions. That was part of what was contributing to so much of what was going on. So not only where the metastases are, but what is the status? Are they stable? Are they unstable? Are they going to be treated with something? So for example, this patient eventually went back and had some radiation therapy done to stop the the continued progression, the growth of that lesion in her vertebra and to address some of the pain that she was experiencing. Now, sometimes patients aren't going to have any treatment for their metastasis. So I had another patient who had metastatic breast cancer again, and she had a lesion in her, I think it was actually in her humerus. Um, And for her, it was relatively stable at the time. And they weren't going to do any further treatment. You know, they kicked around, do we want to do radiation? Do we want to do something else? And they, the medical team and the patient decided not to, which was fine. But we need to know, is it stable? Is it unstable? What are we doing next? Or what are we going to be doing to address the lesion or not address it? You know, has the physician, whether that's the you know medical oncologist, maybe they're seeing some kind of orthopedic surgeon. What's the ruling on that metastasis? Is it safe for the patient to do something? And then, consequentially, is it safe for us to do the things? And if you're ever not sure on this, I always call or email or somehow reach out to that physician's office because I wanna be damn sure of what I'm getting myself into and what I can and can't do. And most of the times, the physicians that I've reached out to are very receptive. They want their patients to do well and they will let you know. So when it comes to especially bony metastases, this is something I see a lot of as a result of the patient population I tend to see. Traditionally, I see a lot of breast um quite a bit of colon prostate some hematological but those those first three are my big ones that I tend to see and as a result we know that bony metastases can occur as a result of those cancers So there's a fabulous article by Maltzer from 2017 and it's basically, the gold standard right now, in my opinion, when it comes to safety and cancer rehab. And they have a specific section on bony metastases and how we need to maybe change or alter what we're doing. So when you are working with a patient who has a bony metastasis, here's what you need to know. No manual muscle testing in the affected limb. Don't do it. No progressive resistive exercises in the affected limb. And this was something, honestly, that I was very unsure of. But again, at the end of the day, it's better safe than sorry. And there's so many other things you can do. That doesn't mean that you can't do, you know, active range of motion stuff with that, with that patient. Like they're still doing some body weight exercises that are still beneficial. So next up. You need to offload the affected limb with an assistive device. Now, this is obviously more appropriate when it comes to lower extremity bony lesions. But again, do consider that might be something you need to have a conversation with your patient about. And I had a patient who had a bony lesion in her femur, I believe. And she was extremely resistant to walking with an assistive device. I mean, I don't know I've ever met a person who was so anti assisted advice until I met this person. And so as a part of that, it was a struggle between myself and her medical oncologist and her orthopedic surgeon to where, to get her to consent to, yes, I will, I will walk with something. And we finally got her to settle on a cane. Um, the cane literally was as big as my finger, like around, um, But we finally did, how much offloading it did, I don't know, but you you do need to consider that offloading that affected limb is definitely something to consider when it comes to those lower extremity bony lesions. Next up, avoid excessive spinal flexion, extension, and rotation. Now, specifically, this is definitely for the spine. This isn't really something we're talking about when it comes to, you know, like a humeral bony lesion or somewhere in the legs. This is specific to, of course, the spine. And you also need to clarify the need for bracing. Does the person need to be in some kind of orthotic? Do they not? Again, we won't know until you actually reach out to that physician, that medical team, to clarify yes or no. And then last thing here, monitor for increasing functional pain. Pain can happen in cancer for a lot of different reasons. When it comes to cancer-related pain, specifically pain as a result of metastases, we know that cancer or, you know, cancer, cancer lesions, cancer doesn't play by the rules of these nice, you know, musculoskeletal orthopedic boxes that we can put patients into. And so if you have a patient who, is having increasing pain that just doesn't seem to make sense or, you know, is happening with their daily activities that, you know, doesn't fit with what should be happening, always refer your patient back. Like I talked about previously, I had that patient who already had metastatic breast cancer. We knew this, but she was getting worse and it wasn't making sense. And so ultimately we did discover that she had new metastases when in doubt i always refer back and if i look like a fool that's okay i would much rather be wrong and there not be any problems than the opposite so when in doubt always refer back now we know that exercise is has to be dosed very specifically when it comes to these patients but we know that exercise can be really really beneficial and can do a lot of good but we just have to be smart about it because bony metastases play by honestly an entirely different ball game than normal bone density rules so what i mean by this is we know that res- you know resistive exercise Weight-bearing exercise is good for bone density, and it helps bone density. The key, though, when it comes to bony metastases is that metastases inherently will damage the bone integrity. And the normal loading principles that we abide by when it comes to, you know, normal bone health, non-metastatic, they don't mix. Okay. So we have to consider that just because, you know, oh, you know, weight bearing and even some like jumping activities might be good for other patients. It's not the same when it comes to patients with bony metastases. So please don't forget that. That's something that's really, really important. And again, Cancer doesn't play by the rules, and we have to ultimately respect that, um, as weird as that can sound. At the end of the day, though, we know that exercise is still very beneficial for this patient population. With bony mets, with soft tissue mets, wherever their metastases are, exercise is still really, really helpful. We have a responsibility as the skilled oncology PT clinician to dose appropriately. So some of the same guidelines we've talked about previously still apply. So some questions that I talked about in episode 131 was, what's the goal? What are you trying to accomplish in your session, in your treatment plan with your patient? Where is the person in their cancer journey? If we are dealing with metastases, obviously we are more advanced, but we still have to consider previous treatments, current treatments that this person is on has undergone and how that may affect our person's tolerance to different exercises what are you finding out in your pre-treatment assessment again even day to day these patients can fluctuate significantly and we have to be prepared and know what we're looking for what are the other comorbidities impairments you know diseases that this person may be experiencing that can indeed affect their exercise tolerance And then lastly, how is the person responding to exercise so far? Do we need to change it? Can we progress it? We can progress exercise with patients who have metastatic cancer. For example, I had a patient who had metastatic breast cancer. I told you I treat a lot of breast cancer. Um, I had a patient who had metastatic breast cancer and she had a malignant Pleural effusion. I think that's what it was. Um, Anyway, so she actually had cancer that was originally from her breast that had settled in the lining of her lungs, and it made it very difficult to breathe for her. Um, She was very deconditioned, had a lot of trouble with mobility, and so we we really had our work cut out for us. And I didn't know honestly how much good we would be able to do for this patient because of how just how much stuff there was going on but after a lot of work we were actually able to progress and so we were able to do some different resistance training which was great um we were able to progress different you know the time that we spent in standing exercises for her that was something that was very difficult and by the end she was actually able to stand and make herself scrambled eggs And I know that sounds very small, but to that patient, it was earth shattering, like amazing. She hadn't been able to stand to make herself food in over a year. And she was finally able to stand up and make herself some crumbled eggs. And it was so cool. So we can make a really big difference in the quality of this patient, you know, these patients' lives, even when they have metastases. We just have to be smart. We have to dose safely and we can do it. And these patients can benefit from it. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode, all about dosing exercise with patients who have metastases. Um, There's a lot of stuff out there. I have included several of the resources that I used when writing these three episodes in the show notes. So if you go to theoncopt.com, navigate over to podcasts, and then in each episode, you know, little page, you can find these resources if you would like more. Again, I love the Maltzer article. It was definitely one of my favorites that I kept coming back to, especially when studying for the oncology specialty exam. So highly, highly encourage that, even if it's just to help you out. Otherwise, that's all that I've got for today, guys. Thank you so much for your time. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. For more episodes visit the oncopt.com.